All right, everybody. Hi, this is Brian Trendler. Welcome to Shut Up and Laugh, uh, my favorite podcast personally. I've been running this for just about a year and a half, and I get the opportunity every single week or if there's cancellations, every single time I have a chance to sit across the table from amazing interviewees. And of course, with the pandemic and the current situation, we have a Zoom version of this as well, because I'm interviewing people all over the place in the, uh, well, the illustrious technologically sound say that because my I, I do have shares um, of Zoom and let's just hope that technology persists. Um, before we get started though, I wanna welcome uh, some of the sponsors to the show um, every single time. Um, a couple of these businesses, they give forth a little bit of their Starbucks habit and um, put forth a couple of bucks every single month to help support this growing podcast. Um, the first one is Dreamosity, a company where uh, Marcel Allen is an expert on social media training and inspiration. I call her an inspirationalist, uh, but that's mainly because I can run faster than her. So if she doesn't like that, I get a head start. Um, LT's pet sitting. Um, it's actually my sister. Um, there's nothing weird about that, I'm sure. Um, she's a pet sitter. She'll go to your home and make certain that your pets are taken care of if you can't get home or if you're able to mask up and travel and need to make sure that your pets don't get traumatized by being, re being relocated during that time. Um, the, sec me, the third sponsor is Gentle Frog Custom QuickBooks Training. It's the world's longest company name, but um, Rachel is amazing, and she is one of the most highly regarded um, QuickBooks trainers in the Pacific Northwest, and she will teach you everything you think you know you're doing right, and correct that with love and precision, and help you run your business even better and smoother. So if you need any more information, please go to my website, which is laughtechnw.com forward slash shut up and laugh, and the first laugh in that alias is L-A-F-T-E-C-H-N-W. So without further ado, I get to welcome Judy and Michael. Judy, Yay. thank you so much. Hi. <laughs> and I get to talk to Brian. How fun is that? Talk to me. I'll let you know he's here. We'll, we'll let you know when he comes in. Um, <laughs> how are you? I am well. <laughs> you know, in, in podcast airtime and Zoom time, that was a very long pause. That was a structured yes. Uh, interesting yeah. pause. What what caused that? We're just going to launch with that. A pregnant pause. Hmm. Um, well, <laughs> I will just give you back. <laughs> I'll give you and the audience a little background. Um, so I know you from when I lived in the Seattle area yes. and I took the laugh tech class. Thank you very much to you and Marcel. Okay, see now, hey, now hey. you're going to steal all my questions. So, you know, don't, don't oh, okay. get too deep in that. <laughs> and they let me bring my dog. Yes. It was great. My 80 pound poodle. He was poodle. awesome. Poodle so we both thing. learned. Yes. Um, but then uh, two and a half years ago, I left the Northwest and I travel across nine states back to Northwest Indiana. Yep. Uh, to help out my elderly father. So I spent two years, it was kind of a hard landing back you know yeah. those you know you get those hallmark movies where sure. yes no no i i said okay. sure as in yes i'm familiar okay. with them so you know those hallmark movies where like the girl picks up and moves back to her hometown and she meets her childhood sweetheart and sure. then becomes mayor and stuff yeah that was not the not, story yeah not, none of that happens <laughs> um <laughs> 
No, I came back. I was glad to spend time with my dad in his waning years and would take him to church every week and listen to him rave how wonderful Fox News is. And, and we, you know, I spent a lot of time at the retirement home with a lot of the, the aging people who are really quite hysterical. Um, and then this, this summer, he passed away very peacefully in his sleep. So that was all good. Um, but then I got to clean up his, then I got to have a COVID funeral. That's always interesting to figure out mm-hmm. what to do and then clean up his estate. And so, uh, yeah, so now I'm in the position of what do I do next? And, sure. um, so my plan is to hike on when the world opens up again, hike on back to the Northwest. Yep. Cause I even have seen, I got kind of a Northwest. It's it's like, it's like you're here again. It's fantastic. I know. I know. You'd never know these beige walls were in Indiana or Seattle. <laughs> um, so, and, and during that time I, and I also work for myself. So I'm a B2B writer. I spend a lot of time on zoom calls yep. with executives. And so that's my action packed story behind the pregnant pause. That, that was literally the entire interview just answered in a summation of four stages, which wiped four questions off of my screen. So um, we're done, everybody. Thanks for attending. Okay, okay. thanks. I, I'm <laughs> an efficiency that, expert. So that's we like the to last get on time it. I'm ever going to ask you, how are you doing? <laughs> because that was amazing. And, and for any of you just listening to the audio version of this podcast, that was all in one breath, too. So that was, yeah. that was remarkable. <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. Um, okay, so normally after someone just said fine or not fine, um, after a how are you thing, mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I dive into the thoroughly educated background check and just state a couple things. Um, I, I can't pronounce this to save my arse. Um, you currently live in Valparaiso. Valparaiso. It actually means, it actually means Vale of Paradise. Oh, okay. I just thought it meant hard to say. Um, okay, so it means Vale of Paradise in Indiana, which in itself is a bit of an oxymoron, but I've been through there. Not that particular city, but I've been through Indiana. But the key thing is I've been through Indiana. I haven't stopped in Indiana for any particular reason. You were um, on 8094. And yeah, were, yeah, yeah, I'm is. like 10 miles south of there. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, okay, so lot a lot of red hats um and okay and and again reason to just go forward um so you you went to college in that area though as well right indian university the kelly school of business correct um i did and it it was so my family both sides of my family have been in valparaiso for 180 years (laughs) so so growing up in the Back Midwest, time you, was created. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah, and so I just kind of assumed that I would always stay in the Midwest because that's sure. kind of what Midwesterners do. And um, called trapped. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and so anyway, I yep, I went to IU. I got an undergrad in accounting and. Then I went to Chicago for a couple of years and then I went back and got my MBA. Wow. Okay. Now, what? Well, okay, so I, I, I want to just go ahead and open with, and I'm almost afraid to do this now since you surmised everything already. You and I have known each other for just over three years. Yes. And the cool thing about that for the sake of our listeners and now viewers on the Zoom broadcast is 
I first met you, and actually, I think I'm going to mess this up. I don't recall if I met you first through the Laugh Tech workshop series, or if it was through the networking organization PNA. Do you um, recall? Yes. So I used to live down up the street from Tracy Warren and Inspark. Okay. So I used to go down there and they kept saying, oh, you got to try Brian. Brian, he has these great classes called Laugh Tech. And so oh. I called you about the classes because I remember you had to pull over and talk to me. <laughs> I actually you, remember that now. Yes, I, yeah. I did because I don't know what the hell I was doing, but okay. You're like, yes, and Laugh Tech is all about. I was like, oh, oh I had my was, official voice on. Oh, you God. had your official driving on the side of the road voice on. <laughs> um, and uh, so we, uh, yeah, so you told me about class and then I joined class and then I heard about networking and it all kind of dovetailed together. Okay, all right, yeah, because I, I knew that the connective tissue there was InSpark, which in itself, for again, for anyone watching or listening, is a really great um, shared co-working space in Linwood, Lin yep. Linwood, Washington, of course. And that is, that, that, that to me is fascinating because, you know, like occasionally when you dive into the past of, of how people do connect. It's neat that it ends up being through a facility like that or a networking organization or whatever. But I just remember you primarily as just a freaking hoot within the mini workshops, the 101 and 201 series, because I know that you're a longstanding career businesswoman and you have a lot of experience and a lot of stories, but there was some coming out of a shell of sorts we felt within the laugh tech experience, which I thought was neat. And, and, and we can dive into that if you want to, but it was neat to us because we always see people that say, you know, oh, I'm good at this or I'm good at that. And, and, and this is a blanket based comment about, you know, the, the hundreds of people that we've trained in these workshops, but it's cool where a couple of them just kind of crystallize in our minds as far as people who really do embrace it and find essentially their, their style, their method of humor, right? Um, What's something you want to open up about improv wise with your world right now that you want to share? And that's well, your I, fault. <laughs> so I'm going to, and we went around and, the block and came back. Back to um, Indiana Wainscoting. So what I remember about Lab Tech is that I, I always enjoyed public speaking mm -hmm. and I didn't have an outlet to do it. And I hadn't done it in a while. Yeah. Um, at that, at that time I was still working, I was working for myself. I had left a big job that I had and yeah. I was working for myself. So I was kind of isolated. And I, there was a part of me that I was like, I need to get in front of an audience. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why I, um, Laugh Tech was a good avenue for me. And what I didn't realize about it, what I learned within those workshops was that there's a structured approach. Mm -hmm. to, to humor and when you understand some of the elements and put them together properly, how much it, it can improve um, your speaking. Sure. And that's what, um, that's what helped me a lot. And yes, I would agree breaking through, it helped me break through a shell because um, the one thing I can remember you, you saying is that I had a, a very monotone voice Mm -hmm. And that it was hard to, to break that wall. But yeah. the thing is, once you challenge me, <laughs> oh, are you in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I do remember some levity we had to allow you <laughs> to. Yes. Yeah. 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 And um, so I, it, it was great to have someone challenge me and have a stage to speak mm-hmm. on. And um, but I found myself in the same position where I moved here, where I was still working from home. And really, the only people I were talking to were the 90 year olds out at the retirement home. Yeah. And um, so actually, locally, I joined Toastmasters. Oh, good for you. Yeah, within the last, in July, I became an official member. So we have our twice a month Zoom calls, our virtual meetings. Yeah. And um, it was funny, they brought up the same thing. They're like, well, your voice is kind of monotone. Oh, really? <laughs> you so didn't want to say that. Exactly. Challenge accepted. I can just see you pushing up your Zoom sleeves and saying it's yeah. on. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 a, I'm a 20 plus year old, uh, old Toastmaster vet also. Um, I, yes, I, I did it. For so you the, have like all the awards, right? I all have depends. all of the awards and actually okay. it, I'm actually, uh, this should not surprise you. I've irritated almost everyone in the organization because I didn't track stuff. You know, yeah. I tracked enough to get, uh, to get my, you know, you know, first 10 speeches and then next 10 speeches and, and next two groups of five and everything else. So I got the equivalent of a Toastmaster gold uh, D, uh, and then I, should have had a DTM at that point, district toastmaster for being an officer and running a conference and everything else, but I never tracked it. So um, I was, I was worthless to the chapter that I was part of. <laughs> I just, I don't like rules and I, anyway, but it's a great organization and actually is, is a huge inspiration behind why Laugh Tech was created. And, and I don't want this, I don't want this podcast to be all about Laugh Tech. It's not, um, but it, it's interesting that now we have yet one more thing in common. Because they're, they're an amazing organization and they're international for a reason. And they've changed thousands and thousands of people's lives from a confidence building perspective of how to give a presentation. Um, we wanted to take Laugh Tech to the next level because we want to teach people how to get paid. <laughs> how to actually earn income by becoming a better speaker and then focusing on the humor. So anyway, good for you. Good yeah, that's you. been and fun, but it, it was also a connection to the community. Yeah. And actually, it was very funny because usually we meet online, but yeah. back in September, we wanted to actually like get out in the world and meet people. So sure. we went, we went to a public park. Well, the thing was the, the, sh- the, the picnic shelter that we were all social distancing around yeah. and we had to give our speech at was near a busy road and oh, I had to no. give a speech that night and I'm like, and then you said, yeah. that the, and so you're trying to be professional, but knowing there's all these cars in the background and it, it's really, <laughs> it's right near a truck. Up. Yeah. You know, huge so it, it oh. adds a whole new element to speaking in public is maneuvering around the noise. Yeah. So, hey, so yeah, so for your next meeting, go try outside, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, last comment about Laugh Tech. We have continually wanted to have a humor-based event of some sort, whether it's having comedians on stage or again, public speaking, et cetera, in one or two locations throughout the Pacific Northwest. One of them is literally down in the Woodenville area, if you recall that area at all. They have almost a Coliseum stairwell type of setup. Like almost like you almost want to sacrifice Christians right in the in the in the middle of it. It's fantastic, uh-huh. but it's it is it's right near a busy road, and it's just like that would be one of those 
just nightmares waiting to happen where people are combating against the sound of the river running you know by as well as that train wreck of a, of try a, it anyhow because we, it makes you think should. on your it makes you think on your feet yeah. it makes oh, you yeah. incorporate the noises around you <laughs> it may i'm i'm serious i mean you want improv i'm going to give a trucker speech right <laughs> you know hearing a dog bark or hear, oh you God. know someone popping a beer can in the back you know yeah, well you yeah. know. or banjo but, playing you know but anyway, from an experience view, viewpoint, it was kind of interesting because you had to learn to speak louder, incorporate the noises, and you can't just stand there and say, no, I'm not going to give my speech. I mean, it's five minutes. Get over it. Yeah. Let's move. Yeah, exactly. So That's awesome. Okay, so you you successfully stole some of the thunder before saying that you, you packed up and you moved back to Indiana. And I'm teasing you, of course. I just, I absolutely adore you. But you did go back to Indiana because you essentially answered a call, for lack of better words. And in, in your case, I think it was it was an actual call. It wasn't. Yeah. It's like it's like hark, I hear smoke. Um, it wasn't something like that. It was literally you needed to go back and take care of your father. Um, correct. Yeah. All right. I didn't no. want to up and, and any of that. So you you packed up. You went back. Tell us what it was like to get that call go through the transition and then immediately facing some of these differences that you hinted on prior to. So, I mean, yeah. what's that all about and how did humor save your tuckus? Cause I'm assuming it did. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a bit of a, a cultural shock. I mean, yeah. I, I had been back here maybe once or twice a year or, you know, over the years and I kind of knew what to expect, but, but living here is different because mm -hmm the, you know, the, the people are different. The food is different. I didn't realize what a foodie I was until, you know, I came back here. Yeah. Um, so for instance, the, uh, one thing I enjoyed in the Seattle area, cause I usually shopped at Trader Joe Whole Foods or, um, PCC. Sure. The nearest Whole Foods is 45 minutes in one direction <laughs> and Trader Joe's is another it's like 55 miles yeah. either way. So to get to either of those stores would be like a three hour trip. Sure. Kind of like Gilligan's Island, you know, you're just <laughs> gonna go out, hope you oh. come back. So I had to learn to shop in town and yeah. like the organic section, you know, is like as big as my rack back here. I was gonna say it, this it, book it, rack. It's called a kiosk. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or an end cap. <laughs> I know. And it's yeah. that was hard. I mean, you can have organic like yellow celery, carrots, um, cauliflower, broccoli, and some apples. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, so I had to like move into more of an area of acceptance, like, okay, this is what we got you know, what, how can we work with this? Yes, and there, I had some very frustrating times where I'd go to the freezer section. And I was looking for like some, some kind of organic berry, you know, and I found myself in the freezer aisle one time and I really didn't realize I was doing it, but I was hitting my head against the freezer section. I was like, I just want some blueberries, please. And then I realized I'm like, Oh, is anyone looking? I should probably stop. You're but um, so anyway, it was it, the food was a challenge, but you know, dealing with that, um, even going out because there's a lot more fast food here. 
So I live within like walking distance of Taco Bell, McDonald's. They still have Arby's. Did you know that? Um, and they still have Long John Silver's. Oh, Long John's. I like them. That's yeah. the old school. Yeah. So that, that was challenging. And then I hadn't, I hadn't been a regular church goer mm-hmm. for a long time until I could see my dad needed help going to church and he really enjoyed it. So I, we belong to a cons- kind of a conservative Lutheran church. So dad enjoyed it. And then he's like inviting people. So it's me and him and two 90 year old ladies. And I have to lift all their walkers and put them in the, <laughs> the trunk. The problem oh. was I late about six months later, I fell down and broke my wrist. Oh, no. So I have a, a cast on and I'm trying to help <laughs> still three people and their walkers. And I'm having to ask people from church. I'm like, can you help me get the walkers in the car? oh my yeah so it was a very just a very different um yeah. different life and um I live about <laughs> the, the, on the positive side my dog um has actually enjoyed it here because we can walk forever because this is flat yeah. so you can walk a few thousand miles in just about any direction yeah you could you could watch her run away for three days yeah yeah. And, yeah. and so when we, he, yeah, my, so I have an 80 pound standard poodle who's beautiful. And so he oh. got to run into a lot more people. Yeah. And so, you know, lots of people adoring him, which means I have the new nickname in my neighborhood of, oh, it's the poodle lady. Nice. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to keep that. <laughs> well, to the point where I was in, I lived two blocks away from CBS and um, I was walking down there one day and this woman gets out of a school bus. And she, she's going, hey, poodle lady. Hey, hey, poodle lady. I bought a poodle because of you. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. And this You're being lovely, exhausted. <laughs> this lovely woman who drives school bus number four mm. now honks and waves at me because I talked to her about she got her poodle and we did poodle talk and so she waves at Beckett and I, when the school buses are running. Yeah. Bless her heart. <laughs> every, <yeah. laughs> and then I, I would say the last thing was electronics mm-hmm. because when I came here, I was looking for an accountant. So I was like looking for websites yeah. and only like two companies in town had websites. And, you know, you come from Seattle when like everyone six-year-old has a website and I'm like, what's the deal? They're too Why? busy accounting. Yeah. And so I, I ended up finding an online portal with that specializes in CPAs and got it that oh, way. Really? So, but then the fit, the last food thing, Midwestern specialties is mm-hmm. that I think they have here and I haven't seen anywhere else is ham salad. Oh, yeah, go ahead and explain ham salad to those who don't, who, who haven't had the joy of driving through Indiana and stopping it's, for a ham salad. It looks like tuna salad, but it's made with ham. And that's it's, all you need to say. Yeah. <sighs> and then you can have, you got to really like mayonnaise. You're a fan, aren't you? Um, I make most of my own food, which is why I was going over to the four foot section of <laughs> Instead of whole foods, it's just whole food, (laughs) singular. Yeah, 
<laughs> so there's lots of, I mean, the deli cases. Oh, uh, the other one, they called yeah. something different, but I remember this is what we called it in grade school, but they have, do you know what cake whip is? Um, not off the top of my head. Okay. Afraid, so you I'm take, afraid to learn. <laughs> you take the stale chocolate cake from the bakery and you mix it with Cool Whip. And then sometimes you put marshmallows in it. This is on purpose. Oh, this is in a big old platter next to the potato salad. The four so, different so kinds of potato is, salad. This is sold with intent. Yeah, no, this is the ham salad, the cake with four kinds of potato salad and ambrosia salad. And you know what? There's lovely people here who love it. And it's right. So I get my roast chicken and my, yeah. my other stuff and, and lovely people. And I usually run in when I was going to the grocery store, I would run into people who were, mm. you know, teachers and other people. And wow. so that's okay. why I talk about food because I miss the food and we're yeah. very spoiled in the Northwest because yeah. we don't have that selection everywhere else. Except we can't get TP. So, I mean, there's, there's always a downside, pun, pun intended. Um, okay, so let's, let's talk about what you just alluded toward um, when you did go to grocery stores. Um, I don't know if you realize this, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. Really? Fantastic. And <sighs> I say that with absolute sarcasm because we're all going through a lot. And you have a job where you already sat in front of a screen. You already have remote clients. You already had a, an established procedure, uh, albeit maybe it's been finessed and, and improved upon with the situation we're in, but you didn't necessarily have to pivot or shift your business as much, if really at all. So how, how has this been? How has it affected you or how has it not affected you? Or what type of clients are you now dealing with? You know, normal ones, unusual ones, who's crawled out of the woodwork and become somebody that you work with? Tell us about your job. Give us a little history as B2B writer and executive ghost writer, which I, I love. I love that title. We should put that on shirt. Um, <laughs> help, tell us all about that. Hmm. Okay, so um, about no four idea, years ago, Okay. Yeah. So the, uh, about four years ago, I, I had a, a very responsible job as a director at a company and lots of responsibilities. And I left and I started working for myself. I thought I would re-enter the job market, but after, oh, sending out 200 resumes and only getting 10 interviews, <laughs> it was very apparent that the job market did not want me. Yeah. So I had to figure out what I was going to do for myself. And so that's when I, I joined um, Upwork, the platform Upwork. And I'm going to say now that I look back, it's all been really divine timing. So mm -hmm. I, because um, I really focused on building a book um, a portfolio of projects and working with different clients and getting my reputation up on um, Upwork and it was the reputation that attracted more people. So, mm -hmm. um, so I still work through there, but I also have a lot of regular clients. And so from a, a lifestyle standpoint, no, it didn't really change very much because I've been working in front of a computer for like three years. And so I just kind of kept going. So I, I felt very blessed that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Now, what I enjoyed about working on that is the versatility because I get clients that like, really? You know, I, I had one, one guy who had a uh, blockchain investment company. One of his clients was a cannabis grower in Oregon who needed oh, yeah. a pitch deck for his to, to pitch the business. Yeah. And I had never done that. But when I looked at it, they had no marketing plan. They had nothing. And I had like 48 hours to like put everything together sure. for them. So it's introduced me to, and I, I, I haven't really done a lot in the cannabis space, but I did end up kind of specializing in consulting technology, professional services. So, um, it turns out there's a world of executives out there who, when you see their name on stuff, they're not really the ones writing them. Sure. It's, it's actually um, uh, ghostwriters and other writers who are writing blogs and white papers and articles, which is what I do. Mm -hmm. And what, what I, the space I'm in right now is very intriguing because I work with consultants who are interviewing executives at, some of the largest companies in mm -hmm. the US. Okay. And so I get to hear a download of what they're doing and how their companies are transforming. So um, I can write about it. So I end up finding out about it before everyone else does. Mm. And yeah, it really is. But I, I will tell you there, and I wrote a LinkedIn article about this, but they're really focused on one thing and that is how can we best serve the customer, right? Because yeah. every everybody wants their, but, but the difference I see is I, I, I see all these executives who are like trying to get their organization, like everyone focus on serving the customer and make sure they get what they want. And then I step away from my cubicle and go to the store and they're like, what, what did you want? No, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely geared toward technology driven demographics. Mm -hmm. you know, because of, I think, the polarized and ultra sensitivity of the consumer now and the ability to immediately share his or her opinion in multiple locations throughout the interwebs, for lack of a right. better right? Yeah. And that actually lends itself toward the next question, because because of your client base and what you're focused on, and I, I just love how it, it, it's like you said, it's so it's suddenly it it's a new thing to care about the customer right? It's, it, that's trending. That's hot. Um, I want to know what you see the vision of 2021 becoming. And at, at the same time, I want to see if you can, if you can draw a direct comparison to that answer toward your ability to tell the future from looking at a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> okay. Wow. You should get big points for dovetailing two different Dude, subjects. I want to, um, I want I want to see if you're all your laugh tech training can combine those two in the ultimate curveball because I, okay. I think I think they're going to be pretty parallel, if not even intertwined. So yes, let's do so, that. Okay, let's do this. Okay. <laughs> so so I I made a, a comment about you can tell what's happening based on what's going on in the Walmart parking lot. Um, so for instance, I drove by there this morning because I took my dog out to the country to get groomed and that's another story. But um, it wasn't too bad today because at 7.30, 
the yeah. parking lot isn't too bad, which means people are feeling pretty normal and pretty confident, right? And on schedule. The ebb but, and flow, yeah. Right. But in March, what happened is I pulled up one day and the parking lot was full. Yeah. It was, you know, the day the world changed. And that's how I could see people's level of panic and confidence or, or lack of confidence in what was going on. Yeah. So, so for Walmart to have a consistent parking level, I would say the level of confidence in going out and in keeping people's routine is still in place. Okay. Um, now, as far as, as far as growing, going forward, I'm sure we're going to have some more hiccups, but and I was thinking about this because I want to write another article about it, about what what positive things came out of 2020. Yeah. And I think we learned a lot about being resilient and about being prepared and about um, things can change on a dime. And e even though, you know, there's we're tired of trauma and drama, you yeah. know, yeah. there's we have a new reality that we're setting into and and we're learning to cope with that. Um, and what I see with my clients is yes, things are very data driven, but the data that they're collecting is also about our confidence level, our routines, um, you know, what, and how can we, how can they serve those better? Yeah. Well there, done. I did it. The poodle lady has spoken. Boom. <laughs> Oh, I almost want to ask you for stock tips now. Okay. Um, so one of the things I love about you and I've always loved dearly about you and your personality is that you have a, you have a dry wit, but at the same time, you have a very sarcastic tone to how yeah. I think, y'all, you know, how, how you address things in your career and even relationships, you know, whether that's, whether that's friends or past relationships. How do you think, <laughs> this could sound very trite almost, how do you think that's working out for you? Because I find personally that I'm a bit of the same way. And sometimes it's a hard no with people and other times it's, it's a welcome change. How do you think your, your form of being a humorist in your own fashion works for yourself and why? I think you have to know what your style is and know when you can and can't use it. Mm. Um, Agreed. <laughs> so, so I will give you a, for instance, um, I was on a zoom call with some, there were four or five vice presidents the other day and they were all, um, they're all very intense mm. about this white paper. And I want this here and this here and this year. And I sent, I said to them, well, I just sent you an email on new SEO terms yeah. And the, um, the, you know, your topic for this white pa paper is great because it's, it's in rising SEO terms because mm -hmm. it's about revenue profitability. I said, but in the email, you're going to have to look past squat proof leggings before you get to that SEO term. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost it. Yeah. They were just, they really needed, you could see everybody just leaned back in their chair and started laughing. And so it was a, it was a, a welcome relief. Good. And so, yes, I have a dry humor and I have to um, kind of read the tone of the Zoom room. Yep. 
to see if it's appropriate to, to say that. Now, I, I agree. I have some other people I totally piss off. Um, I, you embrace that, don't you? <laughs> you know, I, that's one thing about getting older is that you just accept that some people aren't going to mesh with you. So yeah. 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 Okay. yeah I, I had somebody recently who was not very nice and didn't take to humor or intelligence, mm -hmm. which are my two driving factors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it's brilliant that you mentioned how you're good at reading the Zoom room. Now, of course, Zoom is not the only platform out there, but it's become it's become the trending headline. It's easier to say than Cisco is this or, you know, or go to a meeting or whatever, so on and so mm -hmm. forth. I love the fact that you can say with confidence that you're able to read the Zoom room because that's a very important and key thing that is happening or actually not happening in business a lot, right? I feel people are, lo are losing opportunities because they fail when they try to do that or they don't even have the cognizance to realize that they need to. Like you have to recognize that you're still playing to, the, to an audience. The only difference is a half of them have resting Zoom face and they're, they're totally checked out. Or uh -huh. they're like this on their phone and they claim to be paying attention, but you know the last four or five sentences you've said didn't even get into you know, one side to go out the other. So I- Well, some of, so some of the meetings I'm in are a little different because yeah, yeah. I'm writing for something with their name on it. And so well, they have the intent, right? To pay attention. Okay. Right. And so they, they want to <laughs> remain engaged. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. some that, yeah, you know, that they're elsewhere, but mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I guess I'm fortunate that usually the short meetings I'm on are very intense about a subject matter that they have their name on and that they're very adamant about getting their point across. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, with with the transitions that you're still going through, and you mentioned that you're that you have a larger plan in in 2021. I'm hoping, of course, to have you come back home to the Pacific Northwest. Yes, that's my plan. Um, what's what's one of the funniest things right now going on in your life that you can share, and how are you dealing with that? Um. I thought about this and I wasn't sure if it's the term funny or surreal. Because, <laughs> They're kind of synonymous most of the time. Yeah, okay. if you go with surreal, because I I almost feel like I'm living in a movie where you see different people acting out in different ways. Yeah. And I've also been having really vivid dreams. So sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I which reality am I <laughs> living in? Yeah. But I, I try to be more an observer and like, wow, that's really interesting that they're acting that way. So I, I think if you can change the perspective of how you're looking at people, it'll keep you out of being angry. Sure. Because that seems to be about the only spectrum we have now mm -hmm. is disengaged or, um, or angry. Yeah. And so, but, um, the thing that makes me the happiest, I would say that's humorous is the dog park. Cause I, um, three days a week, I take my dog to this um, doggy daycare that's on basically a farm. Mm 
Yeah. And they, they took the barn and that's where they keep the dogs during the day. And then they have big yards. They let them out. But then there's like another three acres of, um, of it, it's a subscription-based dog park. So oh, you, you okay. have to add, you have to give them your, re, um, your vet records mm -hmm. and you have to pay a monthly subscription fee at like 10 bucks. And then you get to go run your dog in a safe area. That's brilliant. It's freaking brilliant. I'm that like- be out here. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So wow. know anyone with acreage, it's a subscription base. So you're, you're like vetted before you get, you get in yeah, there. Sure. So going out there and watching dogs run and just losing their mind, you know, like, <laughs> and, and the people really kind of do, do. Don't they? Yeah, yeah. The people are like, here, let me throw the ball for you over and over and over yeah. again. And, but you know, like my dog, his, his best friend is a great Dane. And they, they get to curl up on a futon couch together. Oh my or, goodness. Or some days he just stands outside and stares. And so I, I would say animals yeah, are just, and there's a, there's a fair number of deer around here. Yeah. Oh, and the deer have an attitude. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. It was so funny. There's this one park, it's got a walking place through it. And there was this female deer who was eating and this guy was on he was walking and he came up behind her and he was like oh my god what should i do Run. she took one look at him shook her tail and kept on eating like yeah i'm not moving i am gonna stay right <laughs> you are waiting for me that's awesome that's yeah. awesome you know uh the uh, one thing i was going to say about the uh dogs is i find that incredibly cathartic as well not mm -hmm. only just losing my mind um but no when Whenever I take mine to, uh, I can never think of the name of the place, but it's a, it's a reasonably large running area mm -hmm. in my neck of the woods. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like watching a four-year-old want to impress their mom or dad. Yeah. Because she has a lot of different types of dog in her. And I don't remember the percentage. This is not important. But one of them is literally like a greyhound because she has that thin, that narrow concave chest structure. Uh -huh. and, she, and, the, and she has boxer in her as well. When she runs, it's like watching Speedy Gonzalez. And everybody in the dog park stops and watches Lilu rip around. And she wants to be chased so badly. And she will try to piss off the dogs on purpose <laughs> to get them to chase her. And then she just smokes them. Like it's one of those bad movies where she'll get three laps around one dog right. in the time that you know that thing is trying to chase after her but every every time she comes up to me and she's like dad 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 look what i did look what i did did you see that did you see that did you see that dad and it's like it's but it's the same every time and i find myself just losing myself in the madness of what i'm seeing of all these dogs just throwing down yeah they they are and so it and it takes you so far out of your you know yeah. your your daily life that it's just it's like, I, I took my dog up to, I live about 12 miles from Lake Michigan. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I took him up there one time and I'm like, oh yeah, he'll run on the beach. Did not want water on his toes. Like, what is this stuff? And no, I do not want them to be wet. You know, yeah. he'll go play, he'll lose his mind in the snow, but yeah, the beach, yeah. not so much. No, mine's the same way. If the grass is wet, she will tippy toe across the brick frame of the grass part of the yard to then go off into the beauty bark. 
Yeah. But she'll refuse. She'll she'll sit on the top deck, look at me and go, would you pee for me? Because I'm just not going to partake in this. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Now, and also leaves, big leaves, she's terrified yeah. of. Oh, of so course. This is not a very smart animal. I don't have yeah. high, high hopes for this thing at all. Um, <clears throat> so we're actually coming up close on our time here. But I, I wanted to ask a question that, um, as, as I preface this before we started the podcast today, I'm not fishing for anything here, but I wanted to know if there's anything that you can share with our audience about how humor has really been an important part of your life in that moment, whatever that moment has been. Has, has there been something where your ability to address humor, utilize it, or make others laugh has been important to you that you can share with us today? Nah, not really. <laughs> I had to do that. I had to. You've been, waiting. You've been waiting for 45 minutes to say that, haven't you? I know, right? <laughs> um, I would say I, I observed people around me and I, I would say I got my sense of humor from my grandfather who was kind of stoic, but he was really dry wit and that's mm -hmm. where I got it. And the, um, the one action of humor I wanted to talk to about was at the retirement home where my dad mm -hmm. lived because these people are 80 and 90. They know death is around the, you know, around the corner. And at some point they just don't care anymore. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny but how their perspective and their humor change. So they used to have entertainment every, every month, a band or somebody, you know, sure. a singer come in. And so it was on birthday night. So you'd have cake and sing birthday and mm -hmm. someone perform. So usually they had people who specialized in forties music because that was the style. So one night they had some, a trio come who specialized in sixties music and they oh, sang my. like folk songs and stuff. Sure. So I'm sitting next to my 92 year old dad and the 90 year olds in back of us. And they start, you know, singing Michael rode the boat ashore. And these two women behind me are like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Maxine, shut up. She's, and then they go into like a Bob Dylan song. She's like, I could be down in my apartment watching the Cubs game. And <laughs> And, but when the guys would close the song, everyone would go, oh, that was awesome. Good yeah. job. Thanks so much. Oh yeah, you did great. And then they'd launch into something with Johnny Cash. What the, I'll never dance to that. Come on. And, <sighs> and it, was, it was great watching how a generation who'd been through much more than we would ever anticipate could still keep their sense of humor, even given the life standpoint yeah. that they were in. Yeah, sure. So I always, that was important to keep a sense of humor there because if you didn't, it, you could just look at things from a very dire standpoint. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. I know a number of people that work in rest homes right now. Mm -hmm. and Obviously, with the pandemic, it's a whole different landscape, and it's it's so sad because these people are losing touch. They're losing mm -hmm. the ability to touch or to yeah. be touched by their care workers or family, and it's just it's so dire and it's so sad. And I do hope, frankly, 
against the better wishes of many people in my network that have opinions on who should get the vaccination first and all that other stuff. These people need it. And those healthcare mm-hmm. workers, especially in those scenarios, need it to be able to return the human contact quotient right. back to these people because it's so yeah. sad. Um, but I'm, I'm also hearing through one or two different broadcasts how a lot of them are finding ways to reconnect or use humor or use tech, tech, technology. And like you mentioned, what has come out of the pandemic that's been positive. And it is that resiliency and it is, it is that need to find a solution to give people back some level of what they were missing, right? Well, During these last few years or months. Well, one time I called them after, shortly after a lockdown and I called the resident director and I'm like, okay, what do you need? You know, can, you know, my family would like to do something for her. Sure. She goes, well, let me talk to the staff and see what they want. Yeah. And she wrote back, she's like, we want dilly bars. <laughs> <laughs> I love I'm that. like, you got it, man. Done. So I went to DQ and Dairy Queen and they did not have enough. And they're like, oh my God, we never have this big of an order. Okay. You can have 36 dilly bars and 36 sandwiches. I'm like, whatever let's go. And everyone was so appreciative and it was just a break in the action. So go call them, take them dilly bars or something. (laughs) They're individually wrapped. No one has to. Yeah. No one has to, has to, has to deal with any issues. Um, Okay. Tell me about an inspiration of yours. And I say that because um, we all have inspirations in some way, shape or form, whether it's a public figure, whether it's a parent, a teacher, a priest, whatever, pastor, um, who helped you or who did you look up to? Who were you inspired as you were growing up and or moving into your careers? I had a certain level of confidence, but when I hit a fear level, I need someone to help me get over it. Yeah. And, And so one thing that happened recently is, well, as Brian knows, I'm not just a writer, but I'm also a psychic. And I've been wanting to promote a, a, do a YouTube channel, but I kept having a lot of fear about it, about, oh my God, what about trolls? And what about uh, this? Yeah, sure. And I, and I recently took a class from this one woman that I admired who, even though I knew all the steps I needed to take, I just needed that support to do that. And so it was very helpful to have someone even in an online class, give me the support I needed to jump into a new area that was kind of scary for me and I didn't know the ways to do that so there's been different points in my life where I'm usually pretty strong about what I want to do but then I'll get up right to the point kind of like with actually with laugh tech when you talk about breaking through the wall you just need someone to go okay come on make the jump it's okay or just push (laughs) yeah right yeah or challenge and so um it's it's a lot of work, but at least, you know, I just needed somebody to give me the support and inspiration to try something new. And that was kind of out of my comfort zone. So those, there's been multiple people. Yeah. Who've helped me do that. If you end up doing that channel, can you please call it the poodle lady speaks? Well, we would have to, cause <laughs> then I would be the pet psychic. Now that would be awesome for a different channel. Yeah. Then we you could can do... have playlists, you know, you can, you can organize it any way you want to. I know. <laughs> so I, I saw a great greeting card I got for, I put a Starbucks card in and got it for the lady, the 
dog park that sure. watches my dog. Sure. And it's actually a happy birthday card with graphics and it has a poodle with a full coat on it and it says poodle. And then it has one that's partially shaved and it says French poodle. And then it has one that's entirely shaved and it says Brazilian poodle. That's <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. All right. Before we jump into the James Lipton tribute, I wanted to give you an opportunity to give us one more thing that you want to share with the world about Judy Michael. I've shared so much. One piece of advice, one nugget, if, if any. I, I would just say, I know that we're in very transitional and scary times. And I think just taking it one day at a time or even one moment at a time, yeah. because if we look too far out, it's, you know, there's so much unknown. We just don't know. And I mean, obviously I have clients calling me going, what, what's going to happen? And I'm like, shit, I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's more about our resiliency and taking things one moment at a time and seeing what we can do next. Perfect. And yeah. that really is literally all we can do just so people forget that. So mm -hmm. that's perfect. I love it. All right. James Lipton nod. Um, right. you, you've listened to a couple of the podcasts. You know how this runs. You, you I love actor studio. I watched it all the time. I know it's, it was, it was, it was the best. Um, tell us one of your favorite big peeves. Pet okay. Peeves. Stupid, <laughs> big peeves. Big peeves. stupid policies. There you go. Stupid policies. Okay. What is your favorite place you've traveled to or would like to travel to? <laughs> Somewhere outside my bubble. <laughs> Anywhere outside of Indiana. <laughs> outside of, you know, the, the, the three mile radius of where I live. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So basically Trader Joe's, right? Because you said that's like 60 miles in any direction. Okay. I know. Very good. Um, if you could be known for only one thing and one thing only, what would that be? That would just have to be being a good person. Because go. I, yeah, because I think you're either good or not so much. And I would, I, I recently had someone pop out of the family tree to ask me about a relative and they're like, Hey, we've got all this genealogy on the relative. And I'm like, yeah, we didn't really like that relative. So. We're just going to cut that branch off. Yeah. There you go. Just let that nut roll a little further away. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Nothing like not holding back. There you go, Judy. <laughs> All right. Um, Judy, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on this podcast. Um, I had a lot of fun. I hope you did as well. And, I did. Um, <laughs> I'll go ahead and wrap it up with my little shout out that I do at the end. Um, this is for you. And as always, this is for everyone out there listening and or now watching with the Zoom videos. When you're out there in between these podcasts, um, with everyone that you can be around that you've lived with under your home and you're, and you're, and you're able to consider part of your little safety pod, God, um, remember, be a witness, be real, and be present to those that you know and love. And if not, Judy will remove you unceremoniously from the tree. She'll, she'll clip your branch. But I, I offer this up to everybody because I'm challenging you to try it to try it very soon, especially nowadays, because sometimes you just need to take a moment, stick together, but step back and shut up and laugh. 
Thanks again. Yay. Yay. Oh, that was such a good speech. Good job, Brian. Thank you. Mm -hmm.